Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Philippine shares have climbed a second straight day along with most of Asia, even after S&P slashed its growth forecast for the Philippines for 2020. Michelle Long tells us more. Philippine shares extended gains for a second day despite foreign funds exiting the market. Most Asian markets also up as China unleashed more support, cutting its loan prime rate as the country grapples with the economic impacts of the COVID-19 outbreak. For the day, the PSE index gained a fifth of 1% to close at 74.13. Equity valuations near um, all-time lows. In, in, in fact, uh, P-E ratios are at least uh, two standard deviations away from its mean at about 13, 14 times, depending on how much you project EPS. Definitely, there's a, um, a stronger case for you to be invested in equities at the moment. Risk-reward scenario, I think it still is more favorable for equity investors. Investment and Capital Corp. doesn't even think the S&P trimming its growth forecast for the Philippines is an issue anymore. Your next round of impetus will probably be the uh, full-year reports uh, coming out from the big corporates. Now, uh, I, I think that's, that's uh, pretty much a, a uh, you know, people already have readings on that one. In corporate stories, Metrobank, the Philippines' second-largest lender, reports a 27% jump in full-year 2019 net income to 28.1 billion pesos. It cites moderate loan growth, margin expansion, and strong trading and forex gains. The T-led bank also reporting double-digit increase on fee-based income and manageable rise in costs. Meanwhile, RCBC also posted strong double-digit growth in net income and revenue for the full year of 2019. That's on the back of high margins, strong trading gains, and higher fee-based income. Total assets grew 18% to its 771.3 billion pesos. Finally, ABS-CBN was the day's top performer, though it's not an index issue. ABS shares jumped 20% to close at 21 pesos and 80 centavos per share, its biggest one-day gain in 14 years. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Moody's Investor Service says a prolonged outbreak of the COVID-19 will hurt the profitability and asset quality of Asia-Pacific banks. But it is maintaining an optimistic outlook for those in the Philippines. Here's an excerpt of my exclusive chat with Eugene Tarzimanov, the vice president and senior credit officer of Moody's Financial Institutions Group. So again, our central case is that uh, we're going to see the containment of this outbreak um, uh, by the end of the first quarter. But if things uh, continue uh, and if the disruptions are still there in the second quarter and, and the third quarter, then uh, we're going to see uh, lower economic growth in Asia, and that will impact banks through uh, multiple channels. The supply chains have been disrupted, the factory closures, delaying spare parts needed, uh, raising credit risks for banks banks, uh, financing suppliers or subcontractors. So to what extent has this weakened the impact on, on bank asset quality and profitability? 
if if the Chinese production uh, resumes, then then it's going to be a short-lived uh, closure for for uh, factories in other parts of the world, in in Asia in particular. Uh, but if not, we're going to see some more disruptions, and we're, we're more concerned about you know not the bank's exposure to the big tech companies or the big uh, companies in the you know, automobile industry, but, but more, more so for the small and mid-sized suppliers that do business with, with these companies, because these smaller guys would, would be more affected. Where do Philippine banks stack up then in the ASEAN amid the virus risk on credit quality and against the backdrop of falling policy rates and, and a gradual recovery in loan growth and rising inflation? We have a stable uh, assessment for, for banks in the Philippines for now, and we expect that uh, earnings will remain stable. Uh, margins uh, will probably hold up because, you know, even though BSP is cutting, has been cutting rates, it has been also boosting liquidity in the sector uh, through uh, cuts in the reserve re- requirements. So that has a positive effect on, uh, effect on funding costs for the banks. Hundreds of Filipinos who disembarked from the Diamond Princess will be quarantined for another two weeks once they return home. That's according to Philippine Health Secretary Francisco Duque, who says the repatriation of about 500 Filipinos, mostly crew members of the cruise ship, will be on February 23rd. The evacuated Filipinos will undergo quarantine in New Clark City. I think the Japanese government has already decided that they'll close down the ship. We have to bring them out as soon as possible. The quarantine protocol will be followed as uh, one that uh, had been implemented for uh, the Wuhan uh, repatriates. Of the more than 620 infections on the cruise ship docked in Japan, at least 41 are Filipinos. Other Filipino crew members have meanwhile decided to remain on that ship despite being allowed to disembark. Recruitment firm Magsaysay Maritime Corporation notes they have had no contact with passengers. Hindi, uh, hindi, uh, hindi walang, walang contact sa passengers gaya nung mga, yung mga technical, yung mga sa makina, okay. sila lang check At kung wala namang problema, ay, uh, option nila po yun na, kwan, na mag-stay. Today, ay, ay, ang numero po naming nakukuha ay um, mahigit na isandaan ang nais, nais uh, mag-stay. It's been two days since the Philippines partially lifted the travel ban on Hong Kong and Macau, but there are still little to no available flights to both Chinese special administrative regions. Travelers say the limited number of flights get snatched up too quickly. Local airlines, meanwhile, explain they're having difficulty with manpower since Filipino pilots and flight crew are not included in the scope of the travel ban. Automatic nung 5 minutes pa lang nabasa ko sa Twitter, pinag-forward ko na agad sa amo ko para mailibok agad ako. Actually, parang ang nakikita ko ako pa lang, nag-iiyakan din yung mga kaibigan ko. challenge right now is that uh, hindi tayo nagkaroon ng uh, consideration doon sa ating mga kapitan at uh, flight attendants. More deaths from COVID-19 recorded outside mainland China. The new fatalities include two Japanese nationals who contracted the virus on board a cruise ship in Japan. As Ron Cruz tells us, efforts not only to contain the virus, but also to cushion its economic impact are now underway.
South Korea on edge after confirming its first fatality from COVID-19. Scores of new infections have also been recorded in the country, raising public fears over the fast-spreading disease. The Middle East also reported its first fatalities from the virus to elderly people in Iran. But in China's Hubei province, where the virus originated, the tally of infections has been declining. Only 349 new infections were reported Thursday, amid a change in China's criteria for diagnosing cases. Globally, there are over 75,000 confirmed infections, with Japan recording the most outside mainland China. That's mainly because of a virus-hit cruise ship, which now has 620 cases. Evacuation efforts for passengers aboard the ship are ongoing. As the world scrambles to contain the disease, efforts to cushion COVID-19's economic impact have also been stepped up. China slashed interest rates to support an economy jolted by the COVID-19 outbreak. The one-year loan prime rate was lowered by 10 basis points to 4.05 percent, while the five-year lending rate was cut by five basis points to 4.75 percent. Unfortunately, though, the COVID-19 impact is badly affecting the World Bank. That's as a World Bank bond designed to deliver funding to help the world's poorest countries tackle fast-spreading diseases loses half its value, as the outbreak fans fears investors could face hefty losses. The World Bank launched bond and insurance instruments under its pandemic emergency financing umbrella in 2017 to establish a mechanism that would easily deploy funds where needed. Now with the novel coronavirus having infected tens of thousands of people, prices for the pandemic bond with the highest investment risk, the Class B notes, have come under increasing pressure. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. The Philippines' incoming third major telco player, Dito Telecommunity, clarifies that its services will be available by March 2021 and not by July this year. The company also insists it will not be compromised by any foreign entity, despite its partnership with China Telecom. Bruce Rodriguez reports. For the first time, incoming Philippine major telco player Dito Telecommunity fields questions from the local press amid uncertainties on how and when exactly it will challenge the duopoly of Globe and PLDT. Even as it nears government-imposed deadlines on its operations, Dito Telecommunity continues to face national security concerns over its partnership with Beijing-owned China Telecom. But Dito Chief Administrative Officer Adel Tamano asserts they have put in place measures that would protect national security while saying they're leaning heavily on China Telecom for its technical expertise. Unlike uh, Globe and Smart, we actually had to submit a cybersecurity plan for approval by the uh, NPC and DICT. And we, and we did that. And as a Filipino company, we're not going to allow uh, breaches in national and cybersecurity. Several lawmakers earlier flagged Dito's plans to build telco towers within military grounds due to supposed cybersecurity risks. Aside from China Telecom, the telco player is also counting on Chinese money to fund its ambitious 150 billion peso or $3 billion spending drive for 2020.
Tamano reveals they've recently made a $500 million drawdown from its loan facility with the Bank of China. This would allow it to meet some of the commitments under its deal with government, including having 37% network coverage by July 2020, with an average minimum speed of 27 megabits per second. However, customers who may want to sign up for the third major player will have to wait longer, as Dito says its commercial operations will only begin by March 2021, which the company says is still in line with its agreement with government. In our CPCN, or our Certificate of Public Convenience and Necessity, the July, 20, July 18, 2020 refers to our technical launch. Okay. So which means that we have to have the entire network set and government will audit us. Tamano says they have already installed 600 telco towers to catch up with a target of 1,600 by July 2020. Dito Telecommunity is also poised to begin pre-commercial trials by September this year to iron out kinks before its commercial launch next year. Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. Some Philippine lawmakers expressed concern over the possible intrusion of foreigners in some industries. That's as a measure allowing 100% foreign ownership of public utilities inches closer to hurdling the House of Representatives. Mike Navalia reports. A bill seeking to grant 100% foreign ownership to firms in the transportation and telecommunications sectors has just passed second reading at the House of Representatives. House Bill 78 redefines the concept of public utilities, restricting it to distribution and transmission of electricity, water pipeline distribution, and sewerage pipeline, where the 60-40 requirement for ownership will continue to apply. This means foreigners can only own up to 40% of these companies. Ngayon, clear na, pag nag-invest ka sa telecommunications or transportation, it is not a public utility. If ever this law passes, uh, then it can be 100% owned uh, by a foreigner. The Makabayan Block has expressed alarm over this development. Bayan Munapartilist Representative Carlos Zarate says it's ironic that while the Duterte administration is questioning ABS-CBN's alleged foreign ownership because of its Philippine depository receipts, their allies in Congress are pushing for 100% foreign ownership in the telecommunications and transportation sectors. Garin clarifies mass media will not be affected by the bill because there's a separate constitutional provision requiring 100% Filipino ownership and management for mass media companies. But Zarate insists there's still the possibility that foreign ownership of telcos will somehow influence content of traditional mass media. Dahil sa mga convergence ngayon, no, kapag ang isang telecommunication company is already controlled by a foreign entity, eh, pwede niyang madiktahan din kung paanong, ang paano tatakbuhin ang isang broadcast or telecommunication uh, media industry. Two UP law professors echo Zarate's concerns. Joel Rakidan says there's now a blurring of boundaries between purely telco activities and those from traditional mass media, that there is basis to say that decisions made by foreign-owned telcos will affect existing media entities. John Molo, meanwhile, cites reports and statements from national security experts showing that Zarate's concerns are real and not imagined. Several groups have previously raised concerns over the entry of Chinese telcos into the country during deliberations for the third telco. But an economic reforms advocate says these concerns could easily be addressed by a provision in the bill providing for vetting by the National Security Council of all sensitive and covered transactions. Calixto Chikyamko believes it is now time to open up ownership of Philippine industries to foreigners, including mass media. This will lead to better services and cheaper prices with more competition. 
bakit ang Pilipino naging lagar dito sa Asia is because of these economic provisions. No? We have the lowest uh, foreign direct investment here in... Uh, in, in ang, ang rason ay, ay dahil dyan sa um, foreign ownership restrictions. Technologically, na-render obsolete yung provision na yan. Kasi nga, nanonood tayo ng Netflix, nanonood tayo ng CNN. Chikyamko adds it's market demand, not ownership, which determines content. The bill will still go through third and final reading at the House of Representatives and will wait for the Senate to go through its counterpart bill. Mike Navalio, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.